Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats and dogs, and slugs with aspirations of being escargot someday. It's Thursday at 3 o'clock and time for Tea with BBP. Hello everyone out there, I'm your host, BBP, a.k.a. Bill Van Patten, the diva of SLA, and of course your own international superstar. Superstar. Here we are live from the second floor of Wells Hall at the Michigan State University <laughs> campus in beautiful and sunny East Lansing, Michigan. With me are Walter Hopkins and Angelica Kramer. Angelica, say hi to everybody, as you usually do. Herzlich willkommen an diesem wunderschönen Donnerstag. And Walter's going to repeat that now. Herzlich willkommen an diesem wundervollen Donnerstag. Herzlich willkommen an diesem wundervollen Donnerstag. Oh, Walter. If I asked you to jump, you'd go, oh, how high, right? How high? Right. You don't have to say hi. Just say hi in your regular. Just say hi. Hi, everybody. Oh. It's Tea with BVP. It is, it is. Thursday at three. Now, we have a special guest today, but she doesn't get introduced till a little bit later, so she just has to hang on for a few minutes while we we warm up here and get our crowd warmed up out there. Um, I'm excited because it's Valentine's weekend. Is everybody else excited because it's Valentine's weekend? No? Am I the? I have a hot date. I have a hot date, yeah. Who's your hot date? Well, actually, it's not a hot date as much as it is lukewarm. But you know, <laughs> well, maybe it's not lukewarm. Warm, it's just breathing. You know, I'm, you know. <laughs> actually, actually, I don't have a date at all. I'm lying. I don't have a date Aww. at all. I'm gonna. I haven't had a date in so long. It's really. It's been. It's true. I could join a convent right now. That's how long it's been. <laughs> I really, really, I could just put a veil on me and stick me in the convent. It's true. <laughs> it's like that song. Vital I do now maybe become a nun. <laughs> You know that song? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that song right there. Anyway. <laughs> no, but so Angelica, what are you doing for Valentine's Day? Um, we usually go to um, the local archery place to do some target practice. Oh, this shooting. is your dim sum and target, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's how we roll, yeah? So Very romantic. Like Cupid. You know? I was going to say, oh, that's yeah, exactly, very right? True. She's like, very true. She's like, you'd like, so do you like dress up in a diaper and put wings on and then go? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How did you know? How did you know? Okay, everybody. That, we're going to Instagram that on Monday. Oh, so, God. <laughs> so Luca, Luca will put that in the newsletter. So be, be looking for that on, oh, <laughs> on Monday. Goodness. Walter, what are you going to do with your lovely wife, Laura, this well, Sunday? Well, we had planned to go out, but uh, unfortunately, our family, as many of you are aware, has been sick for quite some time. So I think we're going to postpone till next weekend ah. and once everyone has recovered you from cannot illness. postpone till what next so. weekend you know why don't why? you why because it's my birthday weekend next weekend oh well then we'll come out and celebrate your birthday for valentine's day <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> share my birthday with your valentine's day it's my birthday no, and that's your, it your birthday's the 19th right so oh i didn't yeah. want you to say that loud i was gonna oh. let people guess but that's all right that's all right oh well Oops. so those of you out there if you want to <laughs> send me a birthday greeting you didn't we have this may. conversation last week i'm feeling we a little no, deja we did vu not. Yeah. we did not <laughs> By the way, out there, forget about my birthday. If anybody out there wants to call me up for Valentine's Day, I'd appreciate that, actually. That'd be much better. So, so yeah, really, honestly. <laughs> I have nobody. <laughs> I'm going to die an old man in a shawl with a cat on my lap. I am. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with <laughs> You should see the look he's giving her right my now. My God. <laughs> have you not seen the movie A Christmas Carol? <laughs> I'm going to look just like Ebenezer Scrooge at the beginning of A Christmas Carol. That's going to be me and... God, two years from now, if I keep it up. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, whatever. By the way, you've been monitoring Mixler and Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Whatever happened to Walter for president? You know what? I we've, have, had, I we've had have, a caucus yeah. and a primary. Whatever happened to Walter for president? I have no idea. And I don't think that person is online right now either. It's, it's, well, I, that's too bad. I'm not sure what's going on. 
Yeah, well, okay. I'm very grateful. I think he dropped out. Did <laughs> yeah. you drop out of the race? Is that I what think, happened? Yeah, that must be. Okay. Really? Before everybody else, you were getting more. You got my vote. Yeah. Yeah. I got more votes than yeah. Ben Carson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carly Fiorina, Chris Christie. Well, at least you're awake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's not let's not go there. Let's not go there. We're not going to talk politics. No. Right? But we did want you for president, Walter. We really did. President something anyway. Um, we have a note here from Luca that says we're going to keep an eye on Twitter tomorrow for a surprise resource. Luca's been great about putting resources on our website um, for people who want to follow up and do things related to SLA and language teaching. So he says, keep an eye out on Twitter tomorrow. Those of you who are Twitter people, if you tweet and twit and toot and whatever it is you do, <laughs> get on Twitter tomorrow and, and see that surprise resource. That's coming from Luca. And actually, I am um, just reading on Mixler that Walter for President Grassroots does have a get-together on Sunday night at Darren's house. Mm-hmm. Oh, Darren. Is this da, Darren da, who called in a couple da, weeks da, ago? Da, uh-huh. da, dun, dun, yeah. da, dun, dun. Darren from Bewitch, yeah, that Darren. That's pretty cool. All right. Well, he's here in Michigan, isn't that right, uh-huh. if I remember correctly? Yep. Can I be your Secretary of State? That way I can run for president in eight years. Oh, there, there you go. go. Okay, there you okay. go. That's that. We'll do that. All right. I thought you were dead in eight years. Who, me? <laughs> At this rate, I will be. At this rate, I will be. And if I go into a convent, maybe even sooner, I'll just disappear and you won't even know if I've died. My gosh. <laughs> Let's remind everybody. Walter, what does it say up there? Re- remind them about the subscriber. What are we looking for? Well, we are looking for the 1,111th subscriber to our newsletter, and we are getting pretty close. Yeah, so what, are the, what happens with, when we reach that number? We're going to give you a prize, Yeah, number 1111. So please be number 1111. As I said, though, I'm hoping that once we get to 1110, Luca will send me a little note, and I'll just subscribe again with my... You know, a second email. Yeah, we have a way something. to track that. Oh, okay. We're like ten people away. So remember, if you get somebody to be the hundred, the what is it again? The one I can never say that. <laughs> one thousand. One hundred. One hundred and eleventh person subscriber. Subscriber, yeah. and you get that person to do it. We will split. We will send you a prize as well. But you have to document. We have to figure out how to document that. But if you do, if you do, then you'll get a prize. So sign up and do that. Okay, we have a new topic this week. Our topic is an exciting one. I hope everybody out there is as excited as I am about this because it's, it's interesting, I think. The uh, topic is, are some languages more difficult to inquire than others? Or more commonly said, are some languages harder than others? Now, if you want to get in on this conversation, and we want you to, I know there are people out there who are dying to talk about this. We want all those people who teach, quote unquote, the harder languages to call in and talk to us about it. Um, our phone number is 517-884-4321. Again, 517-884-4321. As usual, Dustin DeFelice is on the phone waiting for you to call. Um, if you're too shy to call and uh, you're kind of lame about calling in, you can... Don't be shy. You can send something on Mixler or send us an email. But don't be shy. We, like to, we want people to call in. That's what we're here for. Okay? Again, the phone number is 517-884-4321. And don't forget our special quizzes. We have not one, but how many, Angelica? Two. Two quizzes. Yeah. What are they called again? The they are the SLA Challenge and the Diva Quiz. The Diva Challenge Quiz, exactly. So when you call in and you want to take one of the quizzes, just let Dustin know whether you want to take the SLA Challenge Quiz or the Diva Challenge Quiz. We will be happy to give you one of those. And some lucky person who wins uh, or gets the uh, questions right wins a prize. So call in and tell Dustin you want to take a quiz. Now, before I introduce our guest host, for the week, because she's sitting here staring at me like, what the hell am I doing here? Like, are you going to let me talk or say something? Or, you know, why am I just sitting here? 
Um, I'm going to actually talk about the topic a little bit. Come and let her react to what I say, because she may or may not agree with me. So, um, Again, the topic is, or the question for today is, are some languages more difficult to acquire than others? Are they harder than others? Now, this is one of those questions that seems to have a common sense answer. And everybody out there, whether they're experts or not in language teaching, has an opinion about this. And you know, the answer is, of course, right, Walter? Of course. Of course. Some languages are harder than others. I mean, look at Chinese. My God, it has tones. Mm-hmm. That is so weird. Chinese has tones. Mm-hmm. Who can acquire tones, right? Now look at Russian with all those case endings. That's more case endings than the, the Supreme Court. My God. So who can, who can learn all those Russian case endings? And Spanish is so much simpler than those languages. Spanish is so easy compared to Russian and Chinese, right, Walter? That's why you speak Spanish, of right? Of course. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, my ref- response to all these things is tell that to a child learning Russian, Chinese, or Spanish as a first language. Do that and see what happens to that two-year-old child. Child's going to go, huh? Um, because of what we know from first language acquisition that all kids are pretty much doing the same thing and getting to roughly the same level at the same time. So in first language acquisition, you know, we, we don't talk about one language being more difficult than other. Languages are all basically the same. Because languages balance out. Some things are difficult. Some things are easy. Languages have to balance out inside its own self, inside the language, or they wouldn't be acquirable. Now, in terms of theory, those of you who like to follow theory out there, there's no theory that at least I know of, whether it's linguistic or cognitive or social, that would predict or claim that one language is more difficult to acquire than another uh, as a second language. In fact, if you go to the book that Jessica Williams and I did on theories and second language acquisition, there's not a single chapter in there that addresses this issue. And that's because it's a non-issue. Nobody really thinks that. So all the theories in that book, for example, would probably be, uh, if you actually push those, the authors of those chapters, they probably would say, ooh, I'm not going to talk about that because the theory doesn't motivate that kind of question. So um, the question then really is, where does perception come from that some languages are more difficult than others? Or am I just full of hooey and maybe some languages really are harder than others? Okay, maybe Russian really is harder than Spanish. And Walter, well, I grew up speaking Spanish. I can't say that for Walter, but maybe I just got lucky. Who knows? Um, so joining us here in the studio today to explore this question and to help field your calls, because we know you're going to call in on this, is my friend and my wonderful colleague from Second Language Studies at Michigan State University is Charlene Polio. Yeah. yeah, Charlene is, I, I can't say enough good things about Charlene. Um, I, go to her website and look up. She's, she does everything and anything. This woman knows more things than I think I will ever know in my life. But um, anyway, so she's here, and we're actually on a panel together. Charlene put a panel together for ACTFL this last November of 2015, where we actually talked about this topic. This is why I invited here today. So Charlene, would you like to say hi to everybody out there? Hi, everyone. Yeah. Thank you for having me here. This is a, a great topic. I'm really excited to talk about it, and I hope Hope we can dispel some of the myths. Yeah, that'd be nice. The many, many myths. How did you get involved in this topic? Because you're the one who invited me to be on this panel. Right. Um, well, I have um, been trying to learn Chinese for the past 20 years or so. And one of the things I find, at least with Chinese, is that so many people think it's such a hard language to learn. I mean, you hear, and you hear native speakers of Chinese say this a lot as well. Chinese is such a hard language. And having studied French and German as well, I was like, wait a minute, you know, this is not true. I don't think Chinese is a harder language to learn for, um, or easier than any other language. Um, But the other issue I was really interested in, the other reason I was really interested in this topic was that um, I think that 
some of these myths make it down to the students. And I think students feel like, well, I'm not going to be able to learn this language. or they have, the, And it ends up, um, the teachers and the students end up with low expectations. So what I want to do is sort of explore this idea a little bit, try to deconstruct it, basically. Why are people saying this? Um, is it true that some features are harder to learn than other features of languages? And really just to try to get people to look at this a little bit more rationally than to just go around saying, oh, this is a hard language, this is an easy language. Well, I think there are two, two responses to that. I agree with you on that, that, that it filters down to students. So my first reaction mm -hmm. is it also filters to advisors and administrators because those of us in Spanish often hear that their um, advisors tell them to take Spanish because it's easier. And I've um, heard uh, <laughs> that at this campus there are some advisors who tell students not to take certain languages because they're hard. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and as, as, a, as a bilingual speaker of Spanish, as someone who's dedicated a large part of his life to the issue of teaching Spanish and the acquisition of Spanish and so on, um, kind of bothers me personally. It's like, what do you mean I, I do an easy language? Exactly. You know, that's, that's rude. Spanish, you know, because if Spanish was so easy, wouldn't everybody be speaking it? Exactly. I mean, you know, yep. I mean, Ted Cruz doesn't even speak Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because then he could reach out to. Oh, okay, I'm not going to talk politics. I was I'm just going to say, you said you weren't going to do politics. I know, you don't <laughs> so. but I mean, look, you know, look at the look at the, look we ha look at our our candidates and political officers in this country. How many of them actually speak another language? Um, so, um, and, and, and in particular Spanish. I mean, if they weren't born with Spanish or didn't do it like Jeb Bush did later in life, then um, they just don't do it. So, you know, there's something weird about that whole. Spanish is easy kind of thing that I think is just a myth. But going back to what you said, Charlene, um, about um, uh, the, uh, oh, what is it you said? God, I'm having an Alice moment. Did you see that movie? Oh. Still Alice? <laughs> Too close to home. <laughs> I know. It scared the heck out of me. For those of no, you who don't, yeah. don't know the movie, Julianne Moore got an Academy Award for this. She's a linguist and language acquisitionist no, exactly. from New York. And she, she develops dementia and starts to lose her mind and Bit by bit, she gets more and more forgetful until at the end she can't even recognize her children's faces anymore. And Bill and is forgetting that we talked about I this. Know, We've we talked did, about yeah. this like three I or know. four other episodes <laughs> on the show. So <laughs> it really it's is something like that. Who, yeah. who are you? <laughs> Why are you in this room? I don't know. I can leave. <laughs> Why am I here? What, what is this? I don't know. I could, um, one thing I could speak to is sort of the source of these myths. I mean, there's a couple of places that we can uh, see where, th where these come from. And um, one is the idea that different means hard. So there are a lot of people who think, oh, it's different from English, therefore it must be hard, which is absolutely not true. And that's been shown over and over again in second language acquisition. Um, the other place it comes from is the uh, scale, the, the chart by the Foreign Service Institute that basically says certain languages take longer to learn for English speakers. And so I can, I'd be happy to address both of these um, at some point, but yeah. this is sort of where the idea of language difficulty comes from. from the, in the published research, a lot of it comes from this FSI chart, and among the laymen, I think it comes from the idea that different means hard. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it basically, it's it's the human inability to apply good logic. <laughs> I mean, and so on. This is basically just saying people have faulty logic. Yeah. And I think you're right, because in the case of those FS, for those of you who don't know what FSI means, it's the um, Foreign Service Institute. And they have a chart of f categorizing languages into four or five different categories, depending on how long it takes to reach a certain level of proficiency on the FSI rating scale. And, of course, Arabic, Chinese, and Japanese are in the hardest category, taking more time to get to, and Spanish and French are in the easy category, taking less time to get to the same level. And so the idea there is that time 
is equivalent to a level of difficulty, which you know we can get to in a little bit later. Um, and, and Charlie and I are both nodding our heads, going, "Yeah, that's pretty fallacious <laughs> logic right there." When you start to peel the, peel the onion back a little bit, but anyway. Um, but I, but I wonder though. I, I guess the question maybe comes back to again that we've what we've talked about on numerous occasions here: the difference between learning the the language for the sake of knowledge and acquiring a language. And so I think we need to maybe clarify: Are we talking about is it is it more difficult to learn the language, learn knowledge about a language, or is it more difficult to acquire a language? Uh, I think because I think that's what there there are people asking those questions. You know, maybe, maybe it is harder to learn certain aspects of language but is it is it harder to acquire it like a like a child would acquire his or her first language so there's a question for you i think i mean is that an actual question you're <laughs> well, asking or is that well <laughs> half question half comment i guess there so i mean are I, I think most of most people are assuming acquire the language i don't think anybody really talks about difficulty so much in terms of like metal you mean like meta language or being able to right. talk about the rules that's not usually what they're talking about they're usually talking about use yeah yeah way. i yeah. think they are but here's the issue yeah. that, that that where i come in on my my hobby horse here uh, angelica and walter have heard this and so have people have been listening to tea with bpp since october and that is that we all talking about acquisition or learning how to use a language, or but, but what people think acquisition means is not always what I think it means. And so um, you have people who think acquisition means learning the rules, you know, memorizing the rules and practicing them and so on, whatever the quote-unquote rules are. And so in a certain sense, what you've got in, in that situation is a blending of this idea of learning about language and, and actually acquiring language. Mm -hmm. And I think that if, if, if you stripped away that level of concern for having to explicitly learn something before you can use language, then we get closer to acquisition. Um, but I think we have, a, I mean, you know, if we, I'm going to challenge people out there call in. I'm going to say something, I'm going to say something controversial. I think there is overall in language teaching still too much emphasis on explicit learning, um, for one thing, for, for whatever reason there is. But I think there's even more emphasis on it in these so-and-so harder languages. Mm -hmm. I think there are more teachers of Russian, there, I just said Russian, more <laughs> teachers of Chinese, more <laughs> teachers of Arabic who spend more time teaching about language rather than actually promoting communication and acquisition in the classroom. Um, and so that might contribute to this lag time, too. Um, Partially, yeah. I mean, I don't want to overgeneralize. I think there's uh, so there's, a lot of great, there, well, there's a lot of great teachers of of, of, of a lot of those languages. Oh, yeah. But I think going back to the FSI uh, chart, we don't know what was going on in those classes. So it could have been certainly that in the, the so-called harder languages that people were just you're right teaching rules. Um, and so the point is, we can't really even talk about this very well unless we know what kind of instruction is going on across all of these different languages. Right. So yes, absolutely. I, I, that's, that's, that, I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. Um, and it may not make a difference ultimately that the instruction itself, but we don't know that. These are all empirical questions. The problem is, yeah. I, I think you alluded to earlier, we're dealing with myths. Yeah. We don't have enough empirical work to really say a language is harder than another. We just don't have it. We don't. What we can do, um, we can look a little bit at the SLA research and talk about features that are hard. There's some, there are some features that are very well attested. I can go into those if you'd like, but um, that some features are difficult. Um, just to use one example, aspect. 
Yeah. So aspect is very difficult. Like yeah. in Spanish, the, the preterite and um, imperfect. imperfect, right? It's hard. That's a really hard. People go around saying Spanish is easy, but students don't get that. And um, and that's because it's... For a, a very a, long time. A, exactly, because it's a, a spectral distinction. And that's a hard across all languages. Um, in Chinese, they have uh, these very complicated uh, aspect markers that I, I was never able to learn very well. Um, so this is something that's sort of difficult across all languages. Um yeah, I've lost my train of thought here. <laughs> yeah, um, Charlene's so. having an Alice moment. <laughs> Charlene, I'm not the only one. Charlene's having an Alice moment. So, so yeah. So anyway, so that's um, that's something I think we need to seriously think about. But yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Is there anything coming across uh, Mixler, by the way, or um, or our, our email about this kind of stuff? We have lots of questions on email, but are they re- are they related to our topic? Today? Sure, I have one that just came in from Carol. Just came in. Are oh, you well, ready? Okay. Yeah, let's see what it says. Do you think the that reading accelerates the rate of acquisition? Yes, I can. Uh, yes, um, <laughs> what I would say to that is that um, it, certain approaches to second language acquisition, particularly usage based approaches, as well as others, really emphasize the importance of exposure to input. And if you can read, you get more exposure. Um, this is where Chinese comes in as being difficult. Chinese is very hard to learn how to read. It's hard for native speakers <laughs> to learn how to read. They spend hours and hours writing characters. Um, and so with Chinese, for example, you don't get that exposure. I, I don't speak Spanish at all, but I can pick up a Spanish textbook and understand 50% of it. You know, or, or, and I, you know, other things I've picked up in Spanish, I can understand a huge amount. Um, so I can get input through reading, but with Chinese and, and Japanese as well, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. The other languages um, that have alphabets like Arabic or syllabary like Korean, there's probably a first initial step that's hard, um, but then it's not still not quite as difficult as Chinese. But yes, absolutely, if it limits your access to the input, it can make a language mm-hmm. more difficult to learn in some ways. I'm going to, I actually want to just back up a little yeah. something you said. Um, two things I want to be clear on. Um, first, if we strip away access to written input mm-hmm. and we level mm-hmm. the playing field, then Chinese and Spanish and Russian would all be on exactly the same right. playing field. Okay, so one language is not more difficult than the other because of language. What makes it more difficult or easier is your access exactly. to input. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's what we want to yeah. say. What access to input do you have? Yeah. And if you, get, if you can get access to input through the written things sooner than you can, then that helps. But it doesn't make the language any easier. It just gives you more data to work uh, with. Fa- it might be faster in terms yeah. of vocabulary, collocations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, can and I then, continue? Carol has a continuing question. But wait, 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 wait. Hang on a second. I want, I want one more thing. I just want to remind Charlene of something, see if she agrees, and then we're going to go mm-hmm. to the phone here. Um, but um, Charlene sent them about picking up a textbook and reading it in Spanish and understanding about 50% of it. That's because you're a linguist, and that's because well, you're true. super smart and all kinds of things. And I, I know can French tell you, <laughs> my students in 101, if we gave them a Spanish textbook and have them to open the first page, if they could pick out two words in that page, we would be lucky. Okay. I'm serious. Yep. I'm serious. So we have to always remember that we are not the norm, and we can't yeah. project ourselves onto the, the bell curve. Okay, we have a caller. Uh, we have Terry, who looks like Terry is from upstate New Woo-hoo! York. That's where I'm from, nice. too. Okay, Terry. How are you doing today? You're there? Oh, what part of upstate New York are you from? Uh, we're near Albany. You're near Albany? Yeah. Oh, the hotbed of politics up there in Albany. How are the politics in Albany these days? <laughs> oh, don't even go there. Oh, <laughs> ooh, okay. All right, Terry, what's your question? What do you want to talk about or what's your comment? 
I wanted to apologize, actually, to the lady who just said that reading Chinese is difficult. <laughs> oh, that's Charlene. Charlene Polio. Charlene. Charlene, yeah. yeah. I wanted to apologize to you because clearly no one told your teachers about something we've been working on for about five years now, which is called cold character reading. Okay. And this is a method of teaching like, Chinese literacy. I'm sorry, where, Terry, but it sounds like a TV show, Cold <laughs> Character Reading <laughs> on CBS. Be. It should be. I'm sorry, Terry. Go ahead. Uh, I wish we reading. could get that kind of exposure. <laughs> yeah. But uh, essentially, in a nutshell, what we do is we input some language, some Chinese. Obviously, that would be most helpful. Uh, and actually, we only input about 40 minutes worth of it. So we're sticking to the Super 7 verbs, largely. And then after that 40 minutes of input, we put a text up, which is written in Chinese characters, with no pinion visible, no romanization, no crutches, and the kids read it. Just like that. Really? Huh. Yes. We have five years of data showing that this is really happening. We have video, we have audio, we have tests on unrelated texts and so forth and all kinds of things. So, so what do you mean yep. you input? I'm not sure what you mean, if you could explain that, how, how exactly right. this works. Yeah. Um, the method that we're using is TPRS. Oh, okay. So, what we're doing is giving them very intense, comprehensible input for that 40 minutes, just working these basic verbs over and over and over. And they're seeing the characters as you do this? No, they see nothing. So okay. the, the only the, thing the, they would see during that time would be the pinyin written on the, the, the Romanized form written on the board with an equals and then the English meaning. Okay, so they see the so pinyin as they're getting the oral input. They do. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's okay. not. It's not necessarily uh, required, but they have. That's the way we've been. Doing but then, it. how do they learn the characters? Uh, they learn them by reading. We throw a text at them. It is four hundred and some characters long, but it only contains twenty-nine unique characters. And our reading teacher, who is who is just wonderful, Christine Wagstad, out in Hawaii, she has a big old pointer, and it's on an overhead. You know, or whatever we call it these days, a screen, I guess. And uh, she says, okay, kids, we're going to read a story in characters. And they all groan and shiver and, and, and act scared. And she says, don't worry, I'm going to read it out loud. And then when you feel comfortable, you join in with me. And by the third sentence, every student in the room is reading out loud. She fades her lead and continues pointing to the characters one by one. And they read for the rest of the period. Yeah, yeah I, well, my point was actually that in terms of access to input, that Chinese is more limiting than other languages. So in other words, when I've traveled to places and I don't speak the language, for mm -hmm. example, I was in Vietnam, which is actually the language is related to Chinese, and just by reading signs, I could pick up words. Whereas with Chinese, if you, you just see a character you've never seen before, you, you can't figure it out as well as if you can actually see the alphabet or if you can see, oh, this is, a, this is a loan word or a cognate. But with Chinese, you just don't have that access that you do with other languages. Well, it's true that you don't have the phonetic information mm -hmm. that you would have in an alphabetic language. This is an opaque script. Right. But what we're seeing with students who are taught using this method is that they self-correct their reading when they, when they hit on an unknown character. Now, they, they have the confidence in these cases that it is some oral word that they already know. So we're not throwing things right, at them that right. they don't know already orally. Mm -hmm. um, but they are able to read out and then stop in the middle of the sentence and say, no, that doesn't sound right, and mm -hmm. replace it with a correct yeah. word, which is something that I have not seen yeah 
in kids taught traditionally using regular reading methods. Okay. Terry, we're really excited to see that. Terry, can I ask you two questions? One is a technical sure. question, and one is, well, one's a favor, and then one's a, 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 a question about what you're just talking about. Um, the first one is a favor. Do you, are there any videos of people doing this with reading that, that, oh, you, yeah. that you can um, um, tweet right now or put on Mixler for? Maybe Mixler would be better because that way people have access to it. Um, and we can also actually, uh, Luke can pull it, then pull it off and he can put it up in a resource page. I think people would like to see that. I think it'd be useful for okay. people to see here. I think, I think it sounds what you're, what you're talking about is really interesting and exciting. So okay. we have, uh, we've got a demo, we've got a documentary, we've got all kinds of things. I work, uh, primarily out at the Hawaii star talk and we have a, a wonderful videographer who used to work for CNN. Oh, wonderful. I don't know if he feels he's come down or gone up in the world, but uh, he's this really wonderful. This is <laughs> CNN. I, if I could have that, James Earl Joyce. What's his name? James Earl Jones? Jones. Jones. Yeah. God. <laughs> um, okay. But I'll put up those links. Okay. Uh, uh, and then Luca will pull them off, and he'll put them on our resource site so that everybody can have those easily. My, but my question for you, Terry, is the following. I wonder where you stand or what you think about the issue of cognates, because Charlene mentioned something about cognates when she was saying something. And because mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we both hear too, and we heard in ACTFL is, oh well, you know, Chinese and Japanese doesn't share any cognates with English, but Spanish and French do, or German does. Therefore, mm-hmm. because there's no cognates, it's it slows down acquisition. What's your take on that mm-hmm. from your experience? We don't have cognates in the pure sense of of the word, but we do have a ton of loan words. Uh, things like shala. Right. 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 No salad. Yeah, Actually, like when I learned Chinese... Look orange for in, in Japanese for, for orange. Right. And well, when I learned Chinese 25, 30 years ago, there actually were very few loan <laughs> words, although I've heard that there are a lot now. But yeah. yeah. Well, there were yeah. at that time, honestly. It's yeah. just that they were seen as not quite... They were the redheaded stepchildren, so right. they were yeah. not allowed to be included in textbooks. Because I know my student, Megan Smith, and I, we public, publish a couple of papers together in Japanese because she does Japanese. Um, <laughs> and if anybody wants a wonderful person in SLA who also does Japanese, let me know because Megan's wonderful. Nice. But, um, but um, we cu- publish a couple of papers together. And I don't speak Japanese, but in setting up the experiments with her and then running them through and going over there, gosh, I had like Japanese ringing in my head for hours afterwards. And there's things like that I just say in Japanese now because they sound neat to me, but... But just just after you know, just being exposed to the sentences with the pictures that come with them through the experimentation we're doing, so so it could be very powerful. Not having you know, you don't need to uh, you don't need to um, uh, ha- necessarily have cognates um, to bootstrap yourself in. I think you just need good you just need good structured stuff at the beginning to help you because once you get, I think a, a some core group of words that you can anchor yourself into through comprehension, then the rust starts to come in over time. Mm-hmm. And I think cognates, as somebody who works in Spanish and French, I think cognates are overrated because I have my students all the time not recognize cognates in writing that they should recognize and go like, really? You don't recognize that word? You've told me that. But it's, like for uh-huh. me, again, though, I, that's what, how I can read Spanish is right. the cognate. And they, I'm telling and, you, one-on-one yeah, students can't. They look at this word. They, <laughs> they don't see an English word there. I it's go, a, really? It's one letter off. Yeah. Mm, nope. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So anyway. All right, Terry. Well, I appreciate that. Um, so do, do that. Tweet us or, or mix with us. Or if you want to, just send us an email. Then Luca will put that information up um, on, on, on site for people to check out. I'd be interested myself in looking at that stuff. So that would be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. Well, thanks, Terry. Thanks for calling Thank in. Thank you, Terry. Thanks, Terry. Oh. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. That was nice. That was really nice of Terry to call in. 
I like that too. That that she people calling it from language like that and actually saying. Her basic argument is Chinese is not that hard, really, when you think you just have to teach it right. You know, it was interesting. We did this talk at Actful in December. We had a huge crowd, and I was expecting people to come to this talk and argue with us. And it turned out everybody at the talk was like, yeah, I teach these so-called hard languages, and thank you so much <laughs> for doing this talk because they're not really that hard. So I was actually surprised to see that we were preaching to the choir a little I think bit. It, yeah. yeah, I know. I think It's interesting. The, the, the problem is I think that some of them still teach in an old-fashioned way that make it harder than it needs to be. But because I gave a keynote at... Um, as you know, back in before Actful in the UK, for um, for uh, a conference on um, non non Western languages, and so I was making the argument that some languages aren't more difficult than those, and blah blah. And it was interesting that most people in the audience, not all, but most people in the audience were going like, "Yeah, they're not. They're not. We they were right there with me. That I think we make them harder than they need to be sometimes." Um, I think we've got another call coming in. Is this our favorite Mikey calling in? There's a Mikey on the phone. This is Mikey. Hey, hey Mikey. Mikey. Yeah. We, haven't heard from hey. You. we haven't heard from you in so long. My gosh. It, my, my teaching schedule has not been uh, agreeable to the show, but today it is. Fantastic. Well, we're, we're so grateful for whoever is arranging your teaching schedule and allowing you to call in, because we always love when, when, when you call in. So what's well, on your mind, I'm, Mikey? I'm, ex- I'm excited to call in. A lot's been happening. Well, tell us. Tell us something. What do you want to talk about? Well, first off, I wanted to uh, throw out a, a compliment to you guys with, with uh, all the stuff you're doing. I just think people, people in this field are excited. There are more conversations are happening. The buzz in in uh, Twitter land and Facebook land and and people sharing blogs and all that stuff. You guys are starting some great co- or starting and continuing some great conversations that teachers are having. And so hats off to you guys for having the show and doing all this work. Well, thank you, Mikey. We're first of all we're glad and we're happy to do it. Or we wouldn't be doing it, and we're doing it because of people like you, of course, because people who are interested and people who are passionate, people want to learn, people who want to join in the conversation. So we're, yeah. we're quite happy doing this. So thank yeah. you for saying that. It's awesome. Keep it up. Yeah. Well, but we're the, hoping the to grow thing- some more. You know, because one of the things we're going to do another campaign soon to get more people to sign up for our newsletter, um, and so that's one thing we'll be reaching out to everybody to do because we want to have even more people involved in the conversation, and more people yeah. tweeting, and more people. The, the- Mixed the more up. we have, the better it grows, the better it gets, the, 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 the more advanced we get with what we're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. We're patting ourselves on the back right now. Can you hear it? Fwomp, fwomp, yeah. fwomp, fwomp. <laughs> fwomp, 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 fwomp. Okay. I, I, do have, I do have one thing, one little public service announcement I wanted to kind of make. Okay. It's not political, it, is it? No, <laughs> not really. Not really? Okay. But uh, we've, we've noticed uh, through social media outlets – there's a group, there, you know, there's a couple Facebook pages out there, and, and there's one where we have, we're over 1,600 foreign language teachers checking in weekly, daily, uh, you know, having these conversations about where they're going in the classroom. And one of the things we've noticed lately, some of these conversations have heated up. And uh, I, I, it's awesome that people are so passionate, but I'm sure you've seen this in your field with, with the paper you wrote on... Uh, we're the language experts and those kinds of things, but really it's kind of like, you know, I think it stresses people out to see some of the attacks that different people have, and they're, they're coming from this very passionate angle, but they're, they're kind of coming across in this way that's not really 
collaborative or cooperative in the in the foreign language teaching community. So I just wanted to make a public announcement to people out there that your words on Twitter or Facebook or your blogs or or you know if you're having a bad day, that stuff is out there and stays there. And so I don't know. I just want to make a public announcement because it's it's heated up the last couple of weeks with with uh, people getting very passionate about their work and sharing it in a strong way, if I can say that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we appreciate that comment, Mikey. We know where you're coming from. I mean, people do get passionate. People get wrapped up in their thoughts and beliefs and don't necessarily distinguish themselves from those thoughts and beliefs. It happens to yeah. university professors. It happens to parents that have it happens to everybody so um yeah but i understand and 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 i'll make i'll i'll put the plug in for you too those of you out there if you're listening and you know it, there's ways to engage in in debate and discussion that 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 are you know are calm and bill i'll tell you i love the way you do it I, on the show where you say well that depends on what your goals are Right, and and that's, often a, does. that's a nice way to say that. Hey, you could teach this way, or you could do this, but what are your goals? And the focus on the goals and ultimately the results. I, I think that's where we got to make. That's our compass, and I, I love that you're the model for that on the show and and the work that you do. Well, thank you, Mikey. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a nice okay. Mikey! But Mikey, I have one thing to ask you. Um, yeah, and that is, are you because you saying such nice things about our show and Angelica and Walter here are blushing along with me? Are you uh, advertising tea with BVP on these social networks and saying things? Oh, we abs- Oh, absolutely. We we say yeah. These conversations come up on blogs and the Facebook and. You know, I, I get on Twitter. I'm a, you know, I get on Twitter once in a while as well. And and when you when you guys say things, uh, you know, I, I this is where people get their professional development in a lot of ways. So if you care about this stuff, it, it, it yeah, so definitely right. right. And we also want newbies. We want novice teachers and people who are just starting to have positive experiences as well. So I, I think yeah. that's important to remind people that there might be younger people reading this who who go, oh my gosh, you know, is, oh, what am I getting involved well, in here? <laughs> In, in general, languages can be very intimidating. I think we've all been around those people that, you know, me as a Spanish teacher, oh, do you speak Spain Spanish or Latin American Spanish? And, you know, there, there's enough intimidation with, with uh, be, being involved in second languages that to, to have the, the, the other layer of who's more dominant or, or all that other stuff, it just, you know, we're all just people yep. trying to do good work. Yep. So. Yep, yep, I, yeah. I agree with you, and, and, and I appreciate your efforts. I know that you're out there um, schlogging through it all and trying to <laughs> trying to make things happen in a positive way. So good for you, too. Good for your efforts out there, Mikey. And I'm just going to add this one last thing before I let you guys go. I'm just putting a plant in the seed. Wait a minute. You're not going to go. I thought you were going to take a quiz. Yeah, Aren't you no take a kidding, quiz? Mikey. Oh, I'll take a quiz. Yeah. But I'm, gonna, I'm going to be in Lansing this summer, so I'm hoping someone will take me out for a, a white wine spritzer. Uh, <laughs> just what I was going to ask you to be my Valentine, you blew it. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'll definitely white wine spritzer. But one between the three, among the three of you, one of you should be able to take me out for a spritzer while I'm in town. Are you I, I am here. I do not go anywhere. I'll be here this. Well, unless it coincides with, uh, uh, you're not going to be. Obviously, you're going to be in Chattanooga, right? Yeah, yeah. I'll so I'll see you there. Yeah. And then I got to go to ATSP at some point in July as well. I think it's the week after the week before that. But otherwise, I'm here this summer. So 
Okay. Keep Sounds us in the good. loop, Mikey. Yeah, yeah keep us in the loop. Okay, know. Mikey, so what quiz are you going to take? You got your choice. You want to take the SLA Challenge Quiz or the Diva Challenge Quiz? You know, I've already done the SLA. Let's go to the Diva. Okay, okay. Mikey's stepping up to the big time here. Okay. I really hope Jason is on there, just in case I need some backup on Mitzler. All right. <laughs> okay. okay, Jason, get your fingers on the keyboard. Here we go. And you've got Charlene here, too. We're going to ask Charlene to chime in every now and then. Um, but... Only if he gets stuck. So Charlene may be your lifeline, but you okay. have to let him try to answer first. I don't know what the topic of the diva quiz is. It's divas. Is it BBP? Or no, not it? this oh, okay. diva. Okay. Oh, not that diva. Okay. Although I could, fill, <laughs> I could fill quiz after quiz with information about myself. I'm but sure I don't you do could. That. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mikey, you ready for question number one? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Number one, which pop diva is from Bay City, Michigan? A, Madonna. B, Christina Aguilera. C, Lady Gaga. D, Elton John. Well, oh my gosh. So, definitely not Elton John. We got Lady Gaga, and who else? Uh, Madonna is A, B, Christina Aguilera, C, Lady Gaga, D, Elton John. I'm just going to have to go with my Mixler friends and say Madonna. Yep. The answer is A, Madonna. Yay! Ding, ding, ding. Yay! You're on your way to a T with BVP prize. Okay, one more and you get the first prize. Remember, if you get all three, you get a super prize. Okay. Okay. This one's a little more challenging. Remember, we go from the BA to the MA to the PhD. <laughs> okay, so this is your MA question. Number two, which diva starred in Evita in the original Broadway run in the late 70s and earned a Tony for that role? Was it A, Bernadette Peters, B, Cheetah Rivera, C, Patti LuPone, D, Elton John. <laughs> so, okay, you said in the 70s. The original Evita on Broadway in the 70s and earned a Tony for that role. Okay, so not, definitely not Elton John, definitely not uh, Madonna, because in the 70s she wasn't, you know, she was Well, she wasn't one of the choices. Okay, Mikey, get paper, oh. write the choices down. You ready for the choices again? Yeah. Okay. So the original diva, I mean the original Evita in the uh, Broadway uh, run in the late seventies and earned a Tony. Was it A. Bernadette Peters, B. Cheetah Rivera, C. Patty Lapone, or D. Elton oh. John? Patty. Patty Lapone. Yes. Ding ding. Are you reading Yay! that off Mixler? <laughs> ding yeah, ding he ding. Is. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mix you cheaters out there. Oh my gosh. Okay, that's all right. That's a, your lifeline's good. That's fine. Okay, so you've won a prize. And oh well, my. Now now you've won a coaster and now you're gonna go for the full set of coasters. Um, okay. Okay, so here's question number three, the PhD. We'll see if people out there in Mixler land know this. Um, which diva spawned the career of Barry Manilow? A. Gloria Estefan. B. Bette Midler. C. Barbara Streisand. D. Elton John. I'll go with Bette. Bette Midler? Yeah. Ding, 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 Yay! ding. Your wow. He was actually her original piano player back in the late 60s, huh. early 70s, and actually produced her first two records with her, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is very interesting you. stuff. Yeah, she actually spawned. Bette Midler was, she used to jokingly call herself the brute hen of all the stars because she spawned Barry Manilow's career, Melissa Manchester's career. Um, what's her name? Peg Bundy. Who was that actress? Um, the one who was on Married with Children, Peg K Bundy. Katie's. Katie Seagal. Yeah. Katie Seagal. There's a bunch of them that they were all backup singers or musicians, Bette Midler, and they all had tremendous careers after that. 
Well, there you go, Mikey. You just won yourself a set of fabulous tea with BVP coasters. Good for you. Hey, my only request, I I know I have all these requests. My only request is that Angelica sign it for me and that Walter sign it for me before he becomes this uh, famous politician. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. We'll be sure to do that, Mikey. Absolutely. You don't want BVP to sign it? You're hurting his feelings. He already signed signed a book for him. I I already have something signed by him, so I I need the the hat trick. I need the trifecta here. (laughs) (laughs) You got it. All right, Mikey. Well, then, we are so happy you called in, and congratulations on your Diva Quiz, and thanks for your comments about um, the discourse out there in the field. And stay on the line so Dustin, Dustin, Dustin can get your information from you, and he will make sure just, that those I'll, coasters go out I'll to just you. email it so you get the next caller on. Uh, okay, if you want. That's fine. So, okay, yeah. thanks. All right. Thanks so Very much. Good. Bye, Bye-bye. Mikey. You guys Bye, are Mikey. awesome. Keep okay. up the great work. Thanks, Mikey. Bye-bye. Okay. okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, it's great to have people like Mikey out there, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, how, we love on a Mikey. scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate Mikey? Fifteen. I would. I was really gonna say like yeah, fifteen and a half. But mm. yeah, he's always got a one up. You know, yeah. No, I mean she and I. Are, <laughs> she and I are like thinkers, but no, no. Well, you 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 waited on that answer. You didn't even say anything, poor Mikey. Well, you, you were know. looking at her, so. Well, I have know. to. Like, I don't. My eyes don't go in two different directions. <laughs> I gotta look at somebody first before I turn to the other person. Oh, so. I see. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, how are we doing on Twitter and Mixler? Anything coming in um, on our topic for the day? We have lots of questions on email. I don't yeah, know. What do you on, have there? Yeah, Mixler, too. Yeah, Grant was asking, what's the single most bothersome thing that some people do that makes, quote-unquote, learning a language harder than it needs to be? Ooh. Harder the than it needs to be. single most bothersome thing. Single most bothersome thing. That's more of a teaching question than a language difficulty question. Right. So I'm not sure. Um, but I think it ties into what I said earlier that sometimes people in the more difficult languages, quote unquote, make the language the more difficult. Right. They assume they are, mm. so they do something to make it more difficult to learn. So what might be those things that um, they do? They might insist on, for example, uh, we know that cases are difficult to learn. So case endings, case morphology, is it can be difficult. Um, and it could be that they insist, teachers insist on the absolute correct case, gender, number every time when in fact that's just not possible and they get bogged down in that. So they say, oh, well, this language must be hard to learn because students are getting bogged down with this. And that, that feature might be hard, but you have to move on and do other things. And right. eventually they'll get the morphology. I think, I think the one thing I hear, Charlene, and I've heard this in focus groups mm-hmm. and I've heard this from people in the field when I do workshops is that... I can't use the language in class because it's too hard and they won't understand it. Oh, that's my... I never hear that from <laughs> Spanish or French teachers, but I do hear that from Russian and Chinese teachers. I can't speak the language in class. They won't understand me. It's too hard. That's my pet peeve is when I hear that. And, oh, yeah. you know, and of course you tell them the, 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 what do you call it, the, the cliche answer, which is, well, how do you think a three-year-old <laughs> learns Chinese or Russian? You know, you don't wait till they're six well, you know, because it's too hard. My response is they can't understand because you never speak. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, and if you hold up a pen and say yeah. in Chinese pen, I think I'm going to figure out that you're talking about a pen, right? It's not that hard to talk Although sometimes, I mean, I've discovered, because I'm teaching a one-on-one course this semester, I've discovered that sometimes, even though I'm holding up a pen, people are paying so much attention to what I'm saying that they're not even paying attention to the fact that I'm holding up a pen because they, they're like, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> and they're, they're getting very stressed out because they're not paying attention to the fact that, that pen is standing there so that they yeah. know what it is that I'm showing them. Yeah. Well, that, that was a good question. I think we got somebody on the phone now. Um, we have uh, Karen on the phone. And I think Karen has just enough time to take the SLA quiz. Karen, are you there? 
I am. Hey, Karen. How are you? Where are you calling from? Colorado. Yay, Colorado. You know, I'm going to be there in Colorado in the, in the fall. Oh, come stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another Valentine. Another Valentine, yay, yeah. Yay. I, I got him coming I'm out just of the ears. Collecting we'll have now. a party. No, I'm going to be at the Colorado Congress of Language Teachers, whatever it's called. Um, oh, I'll be there too. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I don't know exactly what I'm talking about. I've been corresponding with Bryce about it, so, um, but I'm going to be there, so... Yay. It's going to be a great conference. We have lots of CI sessions on that schedule. And it's going to be in Breckenridge, which is going to be fun. So, great. So, uh, so Karen, it's you're not calling? not in Breckenridge, but that's okay. Say what? <laughs> it's not in Breckenridge. Don't oh. go to Breckenridge. Oh, I thought Bryce said it was going to be, but that's okay. It doesn't make a difference. Where it is, is going to be beautiful because Colorado Maybe he told state. you it was in Breckenridge and everyone else it was somewhere else. <laughs> 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 no offense to those of you who live in Greeley, but I've been to Greeley. At least it's not going to be in Greeley, which is next to all the cow. It's not in Greeley. All the cow ranches and it's, it's yeah. Right. Anyway, so all Karen, you're calling in, you're going to take the quiz? Is that what you're calling about or do you have a comment or question or what? Uh, uh, no, I'm calling in to take the quiz. Well, yay. Okay, we've got the quiz ready for you. Okay, so All right. you know how this works. You get three questions. If you get two right, you win a prize. If you get three right, you win a super prize, and they go f- increasing levels of difficulty. If um, I get four right, you'll come hang out at my house and we'll uh, have a party? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but we're leaving Mikey and Phoenix because I do not drink wine spritzers. Okay, there we go. <laughs> okay, here we go. Ready? Uh, yes. Question number one. What does the term ultimate attainment refer to? A, the distinguished level on the actual scale. B, how far a learner gets in acquisition. C, optimum conditions for learning a language. D, Exxon's slogan for its premium grade gasoline. B. B, ultimate attainment refers to how far a learner gets in acquisition. Walter? Correct. Ding, 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 Yay! ding, ding, ding. Woo! Okay, she's on her way to a, a T with BVP prize. Here we go. Number two. Which of the following positions is consistent with the idea of a critical period in language acquisition? A, people cannot become native-alike in second language acquisition. B, aptitude is irrelevant to learning a language. C, first and second language acquisition are fundamentally the same. D, hormones will help with your hot flashes. <laughs> oh, boy. Can you read them again? Sure. Which of the following positions is consistent with the idea of a critical period in language acquisition? A, people cannot become native-like in second language acquisition. B, aptitude is irrelevant to learning a language. C, first and second language acquisition are fundamentally the same. D, Hormones will help with your hot flashes. Okay, so I uh, was interpreting critical period as the silent period, the critical period towards the beginning, but which was putting me between B and C, but my lifeline is saying A. I think it's not A. Who's your lifeline? Can I get a hint? Can I narrow it down? Um, yes, I'll tell you the critical period is not about when you first start language learning. Critical period is about when you turn 12, 13, or 14. That's what the critical period is about. Oh, okay. Well, then it's not, uh, then there's, there's, okay, that's why I'm confused between B and C. Because if there's a, uh, (laughs) there, there, can you see this mixler? 
<laughs> Will doesn't see it. I don't look watching. at it. Angelica's looking at it, but I don't see it. So A, B, and C have all been offered as answers. So um, I- I'm going to go. I'm going to go with C. You're going to go with C. Yes. No, that's not consistent ah. with critical period. Critical period says that once you reach a certain um, uh, uh, age, then it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to learn a second language. Or, th- or, or the, the thing mechanisms you have for learning a first language are either no longer available to you or somehow impeded. So it can't be But seen. isn't there research that goes both ways on that? Well, we're not talking about what the research says. The question was, which of the following positions what is consistent? What does the term consistent? mean? All well, right. Which of the following okay. positions is consistent? Okay. That's gotcha. Right. Tough question. Here we go. Now, I actually put the easiest question last, so this should help you. Did you get oh, thank you. Okay. All right. So, um, three. So, the answer, by the way, to that second one was A. Uh, people cannot become native-like. That's what the critical period would say. Okay, three. Of the following, which position has virtually no research support? A. Acquisition is constrained by internal mechanisms. B. There is stage development in the acquisition of language. C, there is little to no variation among learners in their rate of acquisition. D, Donald Trump is the center of the universe. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, technically, D has no backup. Ding, 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 but yes. that is that, that all <laughs> the like other me. all the other ones are supported by research very very strongly actually so yes so the only answer right. was the funny one so good so for you I'm going to answer the question and you tell me which one it was because uh, the research supports that there is that acquisition is basically the same for everyone so I thought it was A but I need you to read it again no uh, uh, the, the, actually A B and C are all supported by research so acquisition is constrained by internal mechanisms no matter what theory you work with or whatever the, everybody there's research that your acquisition is constrained because of stuff in your head. Uh, B, there is stage development. That is well documented in the research. And C, there's little to no variation um, among... Wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. Take a, C is the right answer. <laughs> You're what? right. C is the right answer? Yeah. C is the, there's is little, the right answer. What? Right, right, there right. There are two right answers. <laughs> there's two right answers. Sorry. C, C there there's two little, right answers? <laughs> I'm going to send you a full set of coasters. I'm having an Alice <laughs> moment. Oh, my God. You know, I need those hormones from the second question. I'm having a hot flash right now. Um, okay, so the, the, the question was, of the following, which position has virtually no research support? And that is C. There's little to no variation among learners in rate of acquisition. The research is there's a tremendous amount of variation among learners in the rate of acquisition. So everybody learns at different rates, and some are faster and slower and all that kind of stuff. So I, I screwed up on that, Karen. I'm so sorry. So I'm going to send you all the coasters possible. How's that? Wow. This, this does happen, to, um, happen a lot with standardized tests. No, it just <laughs> happens to me today. I'm working on no lunch and, and a little sleep, and, and I'm getting to that point where it's Valentine's and nobody's going to oh come and see God. me on Here Sunday. So uh, that's why. Hey, you got an invitation in February. Well, we'll have a birthday party and a Valentine's Day party. But I need a fourth question, so you got to make something up. I'll get right. No, no, you're fine. I can't make something right. We're running out of time, so I've got to do my goodbyes here in a minute. So, all right, Karen. So All you're right, gonna we'll st- see you at in February. I will see you then, and then um, Dustin's going to stay on the line. No, I'm not February. I'm talking about September. You're, you've got the wrong conference. I'm talking about September. Your September oh, conference. Oh, that one might be in Breckenridge. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Now who's having the Alice conferences moment? conference is at oh, the okay. end of this month All in right. February. Okay, well, stay on the line so Dustin can get your information so that we can send you that wonderful set of coasters for the prize. 
Will do. Thank okay, you. Thanks, Karen. Thanks, Karen. All right. Well, that's time for us today. We have to start wrapping up. Does anybody want to say any last things before I start giving our long list of acknowledgments and and thank yous and all that good kind of stuff? No, senor. No, nothing from you? Nada. Not even a stump speech, Mr. Walter for president guy? <laughs> Don't vote for me. <laughs> Charlene, what do you think? Charlene was nervous about coming out there. She says, I can't do this. I, 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 you know, what am I going to say? But you did good. Thank you. Oh, she you did, did fantastic. Did Not only she? good. She's a great call. I love me, my Charlene. I love me, my Charlene. You can be my Valentine, Charlene. I was actually hoping for a little bit more... Um, People who disagreed with us, actually. Well, no, nice, they're oh, shy. Wow, yeah. We'll hear about it yeah. after. That's okay. They're there, shy. And there are a lot of people who disagree. They so, do. Yeah. They do. They're all talking on Mixler as opposed to calling in. Are they? Okay. <laughs> well, let, me, let me start doing my acknowledgments because these take a while. So um, uh, just remind everybody to get your colleagues, friends, and everybody to sign up. Go to teabvb.com. We're just trying to get that 1,111th person. Yay, wow, congratulations. Right. And have them sign up for our weekly newsletter. We want to thank first and foremost, not first and foremost, but just first because everybody's foremost. We want to thank our technical producer, Daniel Trego, who is... By the way, going to get us some cool um, apps for, um, what do you call it, sound effects soon. So we're going to have those soon. We want to thank our media producer, Luca Giappone, who's um, going to, he's the guy who sends you the newsletters, um, among other things. The talented and trusted ha- call handler. I'm going to just call him a caldler. That's a combination of call handler. He's a caldler. Dustin DeFelice, our wonderful assistant production manager, Jeff Maloney. Today, Emma Dunn was sick, our most excellent intern, so we wish her well and we'll speedy, speedy recovery so she's back this next week. We want to thank the Center for Language Teaching Advancement, a.k.a. CELTA. The College of Arts and Letters at Michigan State University. We love our dean and our college. They are great people. As a reminder, the ideas and opinions expressed in this program do not reflect those of the Center for Language Teaching Advancement or the College of Arts and Letters, any of our sponsors, or any other official entity of Michigan State University. It's all me. It all falls on me eventually. So, And, of course, we want to thank all of you listeners out there as well. And we want you to be happy. We'll be back next week. Join us at 3 o'clock Eastern Time when we will address the issue of feedback. What is feedback and what does it do? Do we have to correct learners? That's the question. Until then, have a great weekend. Remember to hug your dog for Valentine's Day. Happy second language acquisition to everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Cheers.